Hey guys, you're listening to The Horror Show with Sean and Joe. This is Felissa Rose. Be afraid. Very afraid. And welcome to the horror show, the show that dissects, mutilates, dismembers, and butchers all of your favorite and not so favorite horror movies and other horror related events. I'm Sean. I'm Joe. This week we are entering a f- probably four part, maybe three. Now it's going to be four parts. There's so much to talk about. A four part special about Toby Hooper, the director Toby Hooper. Uh, we're super excited to do this. It's going to be a little different than our normal shows, but probably not as different as you think or we think. <laughs> we have big plans, and as you know, not a lot of preparation. So um, <laughs> without further ado, uh, welcome to uh, this uh, this foray this into, foray into Toby Hooper's filmography. Yes, thank you. Toby Hooper is a name everyone in the horror community knows. With a career spanning over 40 years and knowing some of the films he's made, you would assume he's earned some type of goodwill in Hollywood. But his career takes a turn. Starting this week, we will be using the films of Toby Hooper as a vehicle to look at the career of a legend. We, of course, have to start with a little film about a family gathering in Texas. From the Horror Show and the Fangoria Podcast Network, this is Serial Killer. All right, everybody, welcome to the Horror Show's Serial Killer for Week special. See what I did there? I took, ripped off a very popular podcast and uh, tried to come up with something clever that's not, not clever at all and doesn't entirely make sense. <laughs> it makes sense for one of them. Or a couple of them. Yeah, I guess. But I'm going to use it a lot. Our plan, actually, is to try and do these maybe twice a year, um, so that way we can cover... Bigger ideas, bigger concepts, single directors, single actors, uh, franchises, entire series of, or mini series of shows. I like the idea because it made me revisit some films I haven't seen in a while. Well, like I haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre in HD yet. That was crazy. Yeah. And awesome. Do you have it on Blu-ray? Or just You just watched it in HD. Yeah, I have it on Blu-ray. Oh, do you? Nice. Yes. Nice. I do uh, not. Yeah, it is... I mean, it's good. It's just... I don't know one Blu-ray. I'll tell you I what. I bought it with you. It was Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about... We talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre a lot, especially in the sense of how grainy it is and how you feel like you shouldn't be watching it. That was part of, like, 
holy shit, what am I watching? Yeah. This, is, this isn't a real video. This is made by some guy that right. might be killing people. And the the Blu-ray, I was like, oh boy, like, let's see how much this takes away from it. It doesn't. It just makes it more horrifying. Yeah? It's just as well, bad. So does it still have a grainy feel? Or oh, no? yeah. Yeah? Okay. Very. Is it, is it just like a more in-depth like grainy stretched, feel? Yeah. <laughs> it just stretched and clean and... It's just really still terrifying. Dude, you know what I thought of while I was rewatching this? Because I've seen this so many times, Same. but I don't watch it. Like, like every time I watch it, it's always been a, like a good amount of time has yep. passed. And I think I finally pinpointed why it feels so real is because it's shot like the Kennedy assassination. Like, every yes. time I, you see clips of the Kennedy assassination, it's that like grainy film that's like kind of foggy and it's like i don't know the two just like clicked for me and i was like wow this is like watching something like that i agree and i think toby hooper as a director who we'll be talking about a lot i think i I had seen an interview with robert england who was in one of his movies that we'll be discussing tonight eaten alive (laughs) and he was talking about the way toby hooper shoots horror movies and he's like you know texas chainsaw massacre came out it was huge He's like, but what people don't realize is how many people copied his style and the way he shot stuff. And he's like, some of the, a lot of the stuff you saw in Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the first time things were shot certain ways in a horror movie or presented in certain ways. And I tried to, as a layman or as an uneducated person, like I don't know anything about shooting film, but watching it, I, I, I was picking up on certain things where I was like, that's so, like, yeah. that is unique. First of all, he shoots everything like, bottom up like the camera is always like so low <laughs> <laughs> it is i'm so glad that you said that that he said that because watching it this time too i was just like trying to make an effort to like see how influential this film really is and like even scenes when they're like riding in the van how many movies do you see that's come out in like the past 20 30 years where there's like a group of core characters in a van and some shit goes down it's just like when did that happen before this? Like, it's crazy how many movies take from that. And has, how has no one just done this again? <laughs> how has no one figured out this formula? Cause this is fucking terrifying. Still. This one, dude, I've seen this so many times and I still get like, like nervous and like anxious. It makes you unsettled the entire time. It does. I'm not like sitting there like, oh my God, there's Leatherface in my house. But I'm just like, this is not okay. Like, like, and you know what else? None of these characters, it might be the time period too. Like there was, no, there's not really a scene where you're like, why would you do that? Uh, well, well, <laughs> I, well maybe I guess, I guess, I guess you're right because the only thing I, I could think of is I would never go into some house in the middle of nowhere just because I saw a generator. Just That's walk in. very true. That's very but true. But again, maybe in 1974, it's a different time. And like, because you, you need gas. And you never saw movies like this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think the fact that I've seen a movie like this is why I feel that way. Well, every time I see a dilapidated farmhouse anywhere... That's white. I tell my wife, oh, it's like out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. That's literally the words I say. Like, I think I just blew my mind because while I'm watching, I'm like, why would those kids go in that house? And then I'm like, it's probably because they never saw a fucking movie like (laughs) Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So they don't think anything. (laughs) They're like, oh, this is just neighborhood. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably just a regular thought back then. Yeah. So Toby Hooper, I mean, I'll I'll talk about my background with him, which is very limited. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. That was pretty much it. 
I, I knew, remember coming. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you. No. I remember coming to your house. Like I think it must have been high school. For yeah. like, I think it was for like a wrestling pay per view, and like one of the only DVDs you had downstairs was Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. I was like, dude, like we, we like talked about. Yeah. <laughs> the the text chainsaw and you're like yeah i don't own the first one i just have the second one is that true or did i make that up no that is okay <laughs> that was very true i mean at that time at least for me i mean i wasn't i was basically just buying i mean it wasn't like you had the internet so i i was getting whatever was available at best buy sure yeah and it was like that was a new release technically it was like the first release of that so i had that and then i just basically had new release horror movies okay. which infuriated me I just, I just always found yeah, that funny. I've got like that saw. I see these people with giant horror DVD collections and it blows my mind. I just can't spend that money. <laughs> oh, well, I guess I just admitted to theft. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all right because I have a pretty big you, you can see my collection. Oh, yeah, your collection is <laughs> enormous. <laughs> um, so Toby Hooper, so I only knew him from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Never looked him up. Never like IMDb'd him once. I just had this like, I knew the name and I just had this vision of him that he was just this like whacked out lunatic and never really considered him a like Hollywood person. I was just like, he's just this redneck that made these <laughs> fucked up movies and then come to find out he's very Hollywood and why just, you, a, just a working director. Why do you say he's very Hollywood? Well, I shouldn't say he's very Hollywood. I just mean like, that's his job. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's out in Hollywood and he makes movies. Yeah. Right. Whatever pays some, him to make it. Right, because when you watch a movie like Texas Chainsaw, you just assume that everybody involved is backwards. Yeah, not paying anyone or just working for free and possibly just filming their day-to-day lives. It, right. <laughs> and, and that's one of the – it's so good in this movie. It's fucking incredible. So we're going to be breaking this down into four weeks. Uh, this first week is basically the birth of Toby Hooper's career. Yeah, and what a fucking start. Oh, my God. Quite possibly the best directorial debut of all time. Yeah. Of all time. I mean, uh, so we're going to be talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, his follow up, Eaten Alive, yep, and the Salem's Lot miniseries. Yes, all these took place in the 70s. Um, we're going to be going next week, we'll be going into the 80s. The following week, uh, his foray into television in the 90s, which is really interesting. I can't wait to watch some of those more obscure items like freddy's nightmare and stuff our buddy mike has all those and i can't wait to watch them oh yeah so um so yeah so the the following week week two will be funhouse poltergeist invaders from mars and texas chainsaw have you seen funhouse no it is I'm one really of the excited. most underrated, overlooked horror movies of all time. That's what I've heard. I think it's like of. it's it's like it should be talked about. When you talk about Toby Hooper, I think it should be like number That's two. So to crazy. Texas Chainsaw. That is, I'm super excited. Episode three, like I said, '90s TV and a return to film because he does Freddy's Nightmare, Tales from the Crypt, Body Bags, which was I, I talked about it on the what anthology episode a bit i was like it felt like it was made for hbo tv like it looked like they were or no showtime that made it and i was like this looked like they were trying to launch a tales from the crypt ripoff yeah to compete with hbo and turns out it was oh was it that's what they were trying to do and it was technically a miniseries but it was a movie yeah and they were trying to get it off the ground and he did he directs one of the segments in it i'm so glad i just made that claim about uh uh, fun house and then we're gonna rewatch it and you're gonna be wow like, this is gonna be this is terrible what was, what's wrong with me <laughs> i hate this <laughs> uh then 
Night Terrors, which was another TV show. I don't know why I put it down because I don't think I actually care. And then <laughs> The Mangler. I return back to <laughs> Dude, theaters. I can't wait to watch that. I saw that when I was young Same. and I can barely remember it. Same. I'm sure it's, sure it's a pile of dog shit. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like we, like I referenced in the beginning, his career takes this crazy turn. And I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but he's not in theaters after Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 ever again. Did that come out after Poltergeist? Or, yeah. Yep. It did? Okay. Yep. And that was his last one, which is fucking. Mangler nice. didn't go to theaters. No. Yeah. Oh wow. Wait, wait, wait. So he wasn't in theaters. None of his movies went to theaters after that. Really? Yeah. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. They weren't wide release. Okay. So they were debuting on small screens and stuff. I mean, as we dissect them, I'm sure we'll talk about it more. But it yeah. has to be like when you come off so strong with your first movie, there's no real place to go. It's crazy. That's that's part of why I wanted to do this about Toby Hooper. Because how do you make one of the best fucking movies I've ever seen, like in any genre. Yeah, and and then everyone's just like, mm, nah. Like, right. wouldn't you just be like, hey, here's some money. Like, can you just go try and remake that? Like, yeah, because we'll talk about it when we talk about Eating Alive. But Eating Alive is not a great movie by any means, but it's still shot like the Texas really Chainsaw good. Massacre, which makes it totally enjoyable. I like, loved it. Yeah, and super unsettling too. As stupid of a concept as it is, <laughs> those people were the same way I felt like in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was like, I don't want to know any of these people in real life. <laughs> Even Robert England, I was like, Robert England's uh, <sighs> My name's Buck, and I'm raring to fuck. <laughs> what a line. And stolen by Quentin Tarantino. In what movie? Kill Bill. The, the guy that's about to rape. Oh, my God. Yeah, and by the way... We'll get into this. Well, let's just talk about it now. Quentin Tarantino, one of his favorite movies of all time, is Eaten Alive by Toby Hooper. And he stole that line. I am fascinated with reading Quentin Tarantino's favorite movies because, first of all, he changes his top ten like every other month. And they're all movies that should not ever be anyone's no. top ten. The fact that he claims Manos Hands of Fate is... <laughs> one of the best movies. That's stupid. That's just stupid. It makes no sense. He he just says it to like piss Did, people off. Didn't Manos Hands of Fate cause one of the guys to commit suicide after, after seeing the movie? <laughs> because he was so upset that he was in a movie like that. I don't know. I can imagine... I I mean, it was, so, it was so bad. One of your favorite movies ever. And then our fourth and final week will be basically the disappearance of Toby Hooper. Where, what happens? Um, Toolbox Murders, which I'm really excited not to watch. Not too bad. I saw some. Not too bad. I saw some clips. I'm pretty excited. To remake. They, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Uh, so he's not the original one. He no, did the remake. he did the remake. We, oh. we watched it. Uh, Paul actually watched it with me when it came out in college, and it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I think Rob Zombie loves that movie. Pretty sure <laughs> sounds right. Rob yeah. Zombie and Tarantino. <laughs> they should make <laughs> a best of they really together. Should. No, they should release a package of movies, sell it for like ten bucks because that's all it'll be worth. If Manos Hands of Fate's in there, you might as well just give it away for free. But yeah, I remember Rob Zombie. Uh, I read an interview, and he, this was years ago. And it was like one of his favorite movies was Dracula vs. Frankenstein. And it has like a 1.2 on IMDb. I don't even think they finished making it, but they still (laughs) released it. Joe Bob Briggs did that. When when Monster Vision went off the air, he released like a series of DVDs where he just made fun of them. But then sold the DVD (laughs) with him talking over it. And that was one of them. Um, So he does Toolbox Murders, Mortuary, Masters of Horror, two episodes. Yeah. And Gin. Is that how you pronounce that? Gin, yeah. D-J-I-N-N, 
which is a whole other story like that might take up the whole podcast like it sounds like he got involved with arabic like arabic businessmen and like the movie got <laughs> it was crazy it was one of the craziest things i'd ever read so pretty cool lineup but today we're talking texas chainsaw eating alive and salem's lot yeah so you don't want to start with Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it's such a No, because much like his career, there's no place to go but down <laughs> after you talk about it. But, like, you have to in order to present what we're presenting. So, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Toby Hooper, unknown guy. He's kind of making waves in indie college scene. Yeah, he was making documentaries. Uh, his first film was something called Eggshells, and it was nominated for some awards. I think it was even talked about getting nominated for an Oscar, but they didn't finish the edits in time or something like that. Really? To make it eligible. So but uh, he was getting a lot of buzz, and that's why so many people signed on to be in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, that local. well, that makes sense. So he hires basically all locals. He's filming in his home state, I think in his hometown, too, of Austin. Um yeah, definitely in Austin, because when South by Southwest was there, he was like, oh, it's a homecoming. Yeah, for, right. For Texas Chainsaw. Um, and he produces, first shot, first full-length movie, he produces, like we said, one of the best movies of all time. I mean, these characters, these scenes. So, 74 was 42 years ago, and it still holds up. Like totally right now, like uh, my wife had never seen it before. Oh, really? And she watched it, and she, she was like, "This is." She was scared. Yeah. Like, by watching, how many people get scared watching a movie in 2015, especially one that came out 40 years ago? It makes you. It gives you the worst, most unsettled feeling. Yeah, I can't speak highly enough about it. So, man, I mean, I don't even know where to start with this. So, I mean, we could start with some background on this movie. Um, Oh, and by the way, we should mention that Toby Hooper's birthday is next week. That's why we're doing this, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what made me think of it. Yeah. I was like, oh, Toby Hooper. I was like, we should do something for him. And then I was like, oh, my God, this career is crazy. Yeah. Like, ridiculous. And why isn't he doing things? So that's where we are. So happy birthday. Um, so this was originally going to be titled Leatherface. Yep. And then somebody pitched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And Toby Hooper asked his friend. Uh, would you see a movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre? And his friend was like, absolutely not. And Toby Hooper's like, okay, that's what I'm going to name it. <laughs> that is from his mouth out of a, in a documentary or interview or uh, something. It's the um, old Joe way of thinking. Yeah, same. Yeah, I fuck mean, you. Yeah, yeah, perfect. That's exactly what I want. Um, he kind of – Hooper is kind of a unique guy because I feel like he's just – says things and might not truly believe in it because I heard him say like eight different things about what this movie is based on. <laughs> and maybe that's true. Maybe, I mean, you don't just take one thing and base your movie. Of course on not. It, no, no, but I also heard him claim that it was based on the Watergate scandal, which, which I, I don't know. How I can't even figure that out. <laughs> Who, who's deep throat? Leatherface's deep throat or grandpa's It'd be deep grandpa. throat. Yeah. Grandpa's definitely deep throat. Disgusting. Um, <laughs> Leatherface is uh, G. Gordon Witty. Yeah, and he says it's kind of based on Ed Gain. And, like, you see a lot of people in, like, the true crimes corners of the internet be like, well, Texas the- Chainsaw is based on Ed Gain. And I'm like, it's it's not. It's not. But close. there's a fantastic documentary. Um, I s- I'm drawing a fucking blank. I should have wrote it down because mm-hmm. we just watched it. 
it's on YouTube. It's an hour and 10 minutes and it really gives good insight. And I'll pull it up and say the name a little bit later. But, uh, he's talked about how he had relatives from Wisconsin where Ed Gein took place. So when they would come down, they would tell like the stories of the horror that took place, like what they heard about Ed Gein. So that's what like drew on the, the mythos. So that's how he was influenced by oh, Ed Gein. All right. I guess that's, that's pretty cool then. And he, yeah, he was talking about how like he was very influenced by, uh, the energy crisis in 74, like, because there was no gas. Like, there's things in this movie. Well, there is a scene where there's no gas. Well, and that's what you, and when you kind of hear these things, you you kind of like, you're like, oh, maybe I should like rethink when I make fun of a movie for being like, why are they out of gas? Why is a gas station out of gas? Can you imagine that happening now? It's so weird to think about. Oh, yeah. And, but the fact is they were going through an energy crisis and that happened a lot. (laughs) Right. Like, so it wasn't like, you know, like I bet I feel like a kid today watching would be like, "What do you mean they're out of gas?" Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't. Really How is your business out of what you sell? <laughs> right, Amazon has everything. especially gas. <laughs> yeah. Ga- imagine being in the town that we're in right now and not having gas. I'd be fucking being furious. told you're not. Actually, get it. honestly, the gas stations in my town close at like nine, and it drives me insane. Yeah, it's like, I, it makes me so mad. <laughs> it makes like fuming mad. I get like I. Rage. The documentary, by the way, is called A Shocking Truth. Yeah, it's... It, it came out in 2000. It's so good. It's so good. So, that's it. He had a really small budget. I think it started at like 160000 And then he had to ask for more money. And as we'll talk about later, big time financial issues Yeah, in this movie. Um, people weren't getting paid. People are still mad about it. People are furious about it <laughs> to this day. Um, but, you know, what can you do? Give, give Toby Hooper a break. And like, we, to, like these actors, they they mention in these documentaries and stuff that we watch. By the way, we are not we are not serial. We are not real journalists. So we are going to take and steal from our sources, and we're going to recite them. <laughs> Maybe we will post them online. We should probably post them on our Facebook page because there are. But literally, all you have to do is Google Toby Hooper interview. And you'll find all of our sources. <laughs> They're like on the first page. Like that was everything I read about. Um, and Google and YouTube, Toby Hooper documentary. And you'll find all these sources. But I'm not going to list every source. I'm sorry, guys. Slate was one. I think Vanity Fair had a good article on it. But just AV Club. I'm not. We're not that good. We stole the beginning. That's all we did. We're not. We're not intellectuals. <laughs> sorry. Um, well, talking about the budget. Did you see that? It was cheaper for them to get real human skeleton bones shipped from India than to, to buy a fake skeleton, which I find so ridiculous to believe. I find it so ridiculous that they were still able to just do that. Like they were like, "Oh, it's that much in America? Well, let's just ask a third world <laughs> country to." I don't know if India's third world, but they're not. Uh, like, let's ask some poor country to uh, just send us their dead people. <laughs> like in 2016, having a dead like a skeleton ship to you via air, air mail that draws so many red flags oh yeah and oh yeah and that's yeah i know i know and how do you even get in contact with india how do you like uh, like even today i have toby trouble. or someone on production knew someone who knew a guy that can just get you dead body parts <laughs> makes no sense um but yeah there's some really unique stuff in this oh and the budget was even lower than 165 it, it got bumped up so it was really low budget. Um, and they had yet, to use real blood. And how? Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> this movie is out of control. Should we just 
kind of just kind of jump into the movie and take it from there and move our facts like yeah why not drop facts okay so i'm sure everyone has seen this so we are going to spoil it if you haven't seen it ghost i mean holy shit <laughs> like i wish i could drive to your house and just like put it in for you <laughs> like this was one of those movies that was my greatest joy to show people i agree like you date a girl and you're like have you ever seen a horror movie it's like well i've seen i don't know the best was when the remake came out and they're like oh that that new texas Chainsaw oh, yeah, movie yeah. is scary and like well have you seen the first one like no you shit your pants drop drop everything yeah. that's what we're doing yeah um, so we open up, even the beginning is like one of the creepiest fucking things of all time. The radio, it's, it's these radio broadcasts basically of murders that are going on in Texas. I love it. Uh, the scrolling text. Oh, oh, the scrolling text. I will read for you because it Just is giving the, the backstory. Most eerie, and the fact that's not even true. Like, like my wife was like, "Well, th- this is true, right?" Like, that's what everyone thinks. Not. That was part of the best part. Yeah, and all because they just made a stupid scrolling text at the beginning. Yeah. Oh my god. Did Star Wars steal that? So, <laughs> <laughs> is Star Wars real? <laughs> uh, so the, the, you, we open up with a scrolling text, and it says, and, it, and it's narrated. It's spoken also by John Larroquette, who was really. Yeah, he's the narrator in. He was paid a marijuana joint. Oh, perfect. Just one. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> the story, or no, the, the film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedies which befell a group of five youths, in particular, Sally Hardestay and her invalid brother, Franklin. Why, why in particular? Huh? Why is that in particular? All those people befell a terrible tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a valid point. Whatever. Um, it is all the more tragic that they were young. But they had lived very, very long lives. They could not have experienced, nor would they have wished to see, as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. That should... that. That melts brains, like right there. That that's terrifying enough. It's great. Yeah, I'd uh, love to know if the, uh, was there movies that did that before. You know, I had read something. I I don't think anyone had claimed a fake movie was real. Okay. Before I I think they said this was the first one, okay. and I'm sure there were some that did. I'm sure there's some filmmaker that wants to fucking punch Toby Hooper in the face. <laughs> For taking that credit from him. But, um, yeah, I think, I I believe from what I've read in, uh, not recently either, like in years past, that this was the first one. Well, regardless, it's awesome to set up a fake story. It's awesome that he had that camera sound. Dude, that camera sound is like the eeriest shit. Yeah, it's the sounds of hell. (laughs) It really is. And we open up and there's these radio broadcasts talking about murders and the gas shortage. And 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 you're seeing body parts. All you're seeing is a grave in a cemetery with dead body parts yeah. sitting on it yeah like propped up as if it's sitting there holding its own head it's the most bizarre thing yeah the and, first full shot is this disgusting rotten head yeah and one of the one of the um one of the key things in these radio broadcasts is they're saying people are digging up graves right and desecrating these graves which brings us to our our, our five kids in their van 
driving around, not sure where what their destination is, but I do know that they wanted to see if their grandpa's grave had been desecrated. I think that was the was reason that the why they were out reason? there, and yeah. then they stopped at the house where their grandparents grew up in. Mm-hmm. So I think that was just the sole reason. And we meet we meet all of our characters, mainly Sally and Franklin. Franklin, yep. Franklin is fucking awesome. I, I love Franklin. Franklin is the fucking best. He is corny, and I love him so much. There's a scene where Franklin blows raspberries for like three, <laughs> three straight minutes. Dude, I, I have that written down. When he's just going, <laughs> Franklin, go over here. <laughs> That's exactly what he's doing. It's so funny. For three minutes. It's so long. <laughs> and rolling in his wheelchair, only he only stops rolling to make the raspberries. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Franklin's in a wheelchair, and they're in a van. They're kind of... Uh, Kind of going down like a memory lane of, you know, this is where we, where our grandparents grew up. They go to this grave site to check on their grandfather's grave. And already, man, already you're just feeling super uncomfortable. Like they stop at this grave, this cemetery, oh, grave site. Oh, they stop at the cemetery. The guy that greets them, total creep. Like you feel like he's going to do something to him. He doesn't. Another guy walks up and is like, hey, honey, let me show you to your grandfather's grave. And you're like, that's fucking terrifying, too. Like, you're equally as creepy. And then the most creepy thing is this drunk guy who's sitting in a tire at the gravesite. Yeah. Drunk rambling about – it appears to be about the Texas Chainsaw Again, I think this is – like when you see like the Friday the Thirteenth movies that came out years later, you have the old guy who warns everyone of being yeah. doomed. I think they're they're taking it from that. I think you're right because he is saying things like like I forget what he's saying, but it's basically like you're not going to make it. And yeah, yeah. They kill everyone and yeah, and it is so creepy. And he's just laying there drunk, and we make fun of bad movie acting. Okay, so here's the thing: <laughs> we make fun of these movies with low budgets because the acting suck. And there's plenty of people that can say. Well, you know, you get, you know, they have low budgets. You got to give them a yeah, break. But you and I have talked about, like, like for instance, uh, Peter Rottentail or mm-hmm. um, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Like, yeah. why can't you just talk to someone like, like you <laughs> like normally talk to someone? Right. Yeah. And this movie should prove everybody wrong. Right. These are like unpaid local mm-hmm. actors, unknown Never actors. Never experienced acting. Haven't done anything. And they are truly, truly terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying, scary, and great actors. Yeah. And like all the kids in the van, they're just talking like they would. They're so good. Yeah. They're well, so they're, it's not even that they're good. They're just normal human well, beings yeah. that are talking to each other. Uh, the, the one of the kids in the back, I don't even know his name, just the, one of the blonde haired guys. The way he's talking to the hitchhiker who we're about to get to is so, so perfect. Yeah. The, this hitchhiker hands him a blade. And he's like, no, keep that, please. Right. It was just it didn't sound unnatural. He was like honestly disgusted. Well, <laughs> and rightfully so. Right. Uh so the kids end up driving away. Um they're driving and they pick up a hitchhiker. Okay, guys, I just want to stop for one yeah. second because you and I talked briefly about how uh they claim that this movie has like a black comedy a dark comedy yes. undertone and we disagree with it. And as we're talking right now, we're going to get to something like a few things that kind of starting to change my mind that it might have a little bit of humor well, in it. Guess what? These aren't even the scenes that they claim are the comedy scenes. Okay. So well, well, I'll get to what they I claim. The dinner is the comedy scene. 
It's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, but we'll talk about that. But guys, there are people, including John Landis, uh, the director, who was who. John, oh, 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 yeah. Isn't he a director? John oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think meant the one of this movie. Oh no, John Landis, who in a documentary was like, "Oh yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is very scary," and he's like, "And actually, very funny." See, I disagree, but no. there's. There's something that popped in my head that does seem like they did try to write in some humor. If anything, this scene might have it, but that's only because everyone is still pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like, Correct. Because everyone is acting normal and nothing bad has terribly befallen them, befallen them yet. And yeah. So if there's any humor, it's going to be in this scene because they still have a sense you're of right. humor and you're, they're not about to be murdered. You're right. <laughs> um, and everyone's kind of acting normal. But they pick up this hitchhiker. He's got this giant mark on his face, which... Makes me really weird, weirded out. Well, it looks like he has blood smeared on his face. And I would right. never pick anyone up. As a kid, when I first saw this, even that was unsettling. <laughs> like, this guy just doesn't look all right. Well, no. I mean, that hitchhiker does not look all right. That hitchhiker <laughs> is perfect for that role. Like, it, there's just something off about him. It, it's, if that guy walked into an establishment, the yeah. whole place would just, like, pause. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> like, they'd the call guy, the police. It, that it, guy has an aura about him where you're yeah. just unsettled. He comes into this car and he proceeds to just scare the fuck out of these people. And and they're talking about – so there's a slaughterhouse where Franklin and Sally's grandparents worked or they owned or something like yeah. that. And Franklin is like obsessed with it and talking about <laughs> how they used to bash cattle in the head with hammers and now they have these air guns that more humanely – they pick up this hitchhiker who proceeds to be like, oh, the air guns are no good. The air guns are no good. Like, the hammer is the good way. <laughs> and he's like, it takes away good jobs. <laughs> Somebody still has to use the gun, I think. Uh, it, they do. <laughs> so, <laughs> We're not that far into the future. For, yeah. Or whatever. It's just another weapon to kill them with. <laughs> Come on. It's not automated. But uh, Imagine how mad he'd be now walking to a, a stop and shop the, and oh my seeing God. The, the self-checkouts. Oh, my God. He'd be furious. <laughs> So um, this hitchhiker, though, does some really bizarre stuff. Uh, he cuts his own hand. Which has to be real, right? Did you see anything on that? I he did. had to cut his hand. It looked like it. It fucking looked like it. <laughs> why, why are they not throwing him out of the van at that very moment? <laughs> I don't know. Cause maybe because it's the 70s. I don't know. I mean, why not just reach forward and just push that guy out of the van? Yeah, that's what I would do for sure. And... So, yeah, he borrows Franklin's knife, then cuts himself, and then gives the knife back to Franklin. Uh, he also <laughs> – and this is when it gets really disturbing to me. Well, he also pulls out a switchblade after that and is like, here. Yeah, and he looks at a picture of Franklin and lights gunpowder on fire on top so, of it. Okay. Well, this is where, like – this is what really bothers me. So, I think I've said this before. Like, to me, homeless people <laughs> scare me a lot. I, I know. It's insensitive. But – it's the. It's not that they're homeless. It's it's when you have nothing to lose. Like that's terrifying. That's a terrifying circumstance. Because why? Why wouldn't you kill me? You have nothing to lose. Sure. Right. So this is like that situation times about a billion. Because this guy's. Because he's in your car. Yeah. He's very close to you. Yeah. And there's no <laughs> way you can leave or anyone else. And he starts taking pictures with his camera. And then he's like, "That'll be five dollars." And they're like, "We're not paying you." Like, just somebody asking me for money unsolicited right. for something they claimed I bought makes me, like, 
I like tense up. So I was already watching this. I was like, oh my God, this is so awful. And they're like, we're not paying for it. We're not paying for it. So he proceeds to light it on fire in the car. Also terrifying. Yes. And that's when everyone basically has enough of his shit and they pull over and kick his ass out. And this is when I'm like, this well, no, is- no, before, before that he cuts, uh, Franklin. Oh, right, right. He grabs Franklin's arm and cuts him. I think yeah. he does that on his way out. That, oh, no, that's the, right that's before. the catalyst. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's, the fire was not. You, fire in our car, that's fine, but <laughs> don't cut my invalid brother. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so they kick him out and he proceeds to start smearing the blood from his palm all over their <laughs> fucking car. Dude, like this is making me like, I've been in situations where, Somebody is mad at you or a homeless person is mad at you for not giving them money out the window and they start like banging on the car and like it's genuinely terrifying. Like you just don't know what's going to fucking happen. And to have this guy smearing blood, Smear blood all over and then the running and kicking the car. He's so angry. And then the the most unsettling thing would be looking in your rearview mirror and he's doing what he does in the movie, which is his hands are out like as if he's being crucified and he's just shaking. <laughs> In the middle of the road, shaking his whole body like he's going into a seizure. Yeah, he's as bananas. drive away. I I don't even know what I'd do at that point. So there's nothing funny I just about myself, this. But... It's it's terrifying. It's a yeah. great setup to what's about to come. And we talked about earlier. It's crazy how many films have taken from that that series of events. Oh yeah. And like, why not just rip it off completely? Picking up a hitchhiker, throwing the hitchhiker out, having them be weird (laughs) as you're driving away. I would absolutely just steal everything from this movie. It's just so fucking good. Now, the one thing I I said that I thought was humorous is after this scene, Franklin, I mean, they had to have written this line in knowing that it would be funny because Franklin says, uh, let me pull it. Franklin says, do you think that guy was trying to scare me by blowing up my picture like that? No, Franklin. I think that guy was trying to scare you when he fucking cut you with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Franklin is great, but he is also incredibly stupid. And and I don't know if it's supposed to be his character or if it's – it might be like Dude, one of the He's concerned about movie. the guy blow, lighting his picture on fire. The guy cut him with a knife. And he's super calm about the whole thing. He's just like, ow, why do you think he did that? I <laughs> I don't know, Franklin, you tell me. Like, what, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck Christ. are you talking about? A uh, great thing here, great little note here about this. They, <laughs> they, and we have to just breeze through these because we are. We're going to spend so much time. I, I told you, it's, it's so hard because Texas Chancellor is so good. That here, I could just spend the whole Here's a great on. part. So one of the last scenes they filmed is the scene where Franklin rolls down the hill in his wheelchair prior to the uh, <laughs> the hitchhiker. He He's peeing in a can. Which must be a Texas thing because my grandfather does that when he's traveling. He's he carries it with him. Yeah, oh, nice. Tra- drove up to Connecticut once with his pecan, and he has a joke. I can't remember what it is, but it's like, "What's my favorite nut?" Pecan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, something like that. But anyway, so he would he he brought it up to Connecticut once, and he was like, "I have to empty this out." And I was like, "What is it?" And he's like, "Pee." And I was like, "Get out." Get out of my face. <laughs> uh, Wait, is it the same can or do you use a new one each time? No, every it's a giant coffee can, just like Franklin. Yeah, but is it the same one he's had for years? Oh, no, I don't oh, know. Right, I, I think he, Although he is very cheap. He cuts paper towel rolls in half. 
For what? Like with a saw. <laughs> so <laughs> for, for what? Like paper towels, because you don't need that much paper towel. <laughs> so wait, so like he saws it in half to maximize. Yeah. The so amount. like one roll is actually two rolls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! He also makes spaghetti sauce out of ketchup packets from. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> this is what happens when you're from Texas. Uh, so um, I love my grandpa so much. Um, <laughs> My point of this all was, so Franklin, that was like one of the last scenes that they do is Franklin rolling down the hill. Franklin said he hadn't been paid in weeks any of the money he'd been paid or was promised. So he held out for that scene. And it's the opening scene. And it was the last scene they were shooting of the entire movie. And he held out and he said, you can see. And it's actually something I've noticed. It looks like there's something in his top pocket. And it's his pay. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Because he had to go out and get money for him. That's fantastic. And it was in his top pocket. And when you see that scene there, it does kind of look like there's something in there. And he's like, yeah, that was the money I that, need they, to, that they uh, owed me. Go back and watch that. Dude, it's weird because I've noticed it since I was a kid. There was just something that st- struck me about that front pocket. It was just kind of loose. <laughs> and uh, yeah, turns out that's it. Getting paid. But a lot of financial troubles in this movie. Yeah. Um, it was a budget. Like I said, it started out really low. In one of the documentaries, they claimed it got all the way up to 165000 which is pretty shocking, um, just considering everything, but kind of not because it's just so good. And then then I read that it was actually probably closer to 300000 Post edits and all that? Yeah, yeah, which is insane. Insane. So instead of going this through this scene by scene, because um, we are going to – this is going to be insanely long – Let's just talk about some of the key stuff in here. The kill scenes. Phenomenal. And they're not even like, well, they are gruesome, but. No, oh, no. There's a scene where, um, well, so first of all, when you first see Leatherface, he is a behemoth of a human being. So huge. He's huge. And we've talked about it before. His body is so oddly shaped. Even that he makes you feel like weird. A, he's just like a refrigerator. Yeah. Like, like the width of a refrigerator. Yeah. And Gunnar Hansen seems like, I, don't, I should have looked up his height, but he seems like a pretty tall guy as it is. And he's wearing heels as Leatherface. To oh, make really? himself even taller. Oh. But the first time he shows up, he's just this beast in an apron and a mask. And he just clocks this person over the head with a hammer. Just a huge mallet. And man, there's just something when... And even when these when these guys get hit, like they, there's a scene where the, the person gets hit in the head and his legs just start twitching on and off. It's like, and crazy. that's what happens when you get blunt it's force so, trauma. And you don't scary. see that. It's terrifying. Yeah. You don't see it. And there's a in wrestling. There's a Paul Heyman. This is, means nothing to anyone, but he ran a small independent wrestling organization called ECW in the '90s. Uh, and he said his they had no money. But somehow they were able to compete with the top companies because he always said, you emphasize the positive, hide the negatives. And I think that's what this movie did perfectly. Like, they didn't have the budget to make these, like, I don't know how to explain it. That that hammer scene and any other, in Peter Rottentail, Paul claimed <laughs> there was one cool scene where a guy takes a machete to the head. Do you remember that? I do. Okay. That scene sucked. <laughs> the special effects sucked. And it looked terrible. Okay. This is where they're they're like, okay, we can't do that. We can't put a machete through somebody's head and like have it sit there and blood come out. 
So we're just going to use a hammer. And it was a thousand times scarier. Yeah. <laughs> it was a thousand times more effective and scarier. And the, like the kills aren't that gruesome. But like when he takes the girl and he puts her on a meat hook. It's disgusting, but you don't really see anything. You just know that she's on a meat hook and writhing in agony. And, like, the way that she's screaming and, right, like, moving yeah. her body, like, you could feel, like, the pain. And then in that very same scene, <laughs> he he's about to kill the guy with the chainsaw, and it cuts away. But it's not a cop-out. Like, it's just, no. like, like they obviously couldn't afford – they didn't have the technology or the yeah. money to do, like, a chainsaw kill. But, like, the way that they cut away with the girl screaming, hanging on a meat hook, and just the way that everything looks, you just know this guy's fucked. And that's and the other thing. it to your imagination. There wasn't, like, a ton of blood. It's not, no. like, Evil Dead. <laughs> Did you know that Toby wanted this to be PG? <laughs> Did you know that? No. How and his was? argument was because there wasn't a lot of blood. And he's, like, he's like very upset that they gave it an R rating. <laughs> that's out of control. That is totally out of control. <laughs> PG. Toby Hooper is this, one of the strangest fellows I've ever had the privilege of reading about this is what i mean like i don't know how to explain like he's not lying about these things he's just kind of all over the place oh yeah you can find numerous sources that say he he wanted this to be pg and like he argued for it and they're like no (laughs) that okay so actually when they this got banned in the united kingdom right when it was first released and somebody over there had claimed that the scene with the meat hook yeah, it's the most disturbing, violent depictions of a female being murdered she had ever seen in her life. Yeah, and you don't. And I might agree with that. I, and you don't. You don't even see anything happening. I watched this, Joe. Like when I was a, when I was younger, I guess I didn't think anything of it. I mean, well, it's so weird when we're watching these now that we have this podcast because you're like trying to just look at it with like somewhat of an analytical eye. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, this is fucking gruesome yeah. but it's not gory right the, he puts her on a meat hook and i was he like this lifts is disgusting. her up and hangs her on a meat hook, and you could like disgusting. i think now that we're older like you know how things feel when they pierce your skin <laughs> yeah, like, it's not okay just getting it through your spine and like, just hanging there fuck I, I don't even like doing work on my knees because <laughs> like, my knees hurt so bad like a fucking meat hook through your back and then you're just standing there like yeah and you're watching, your friend, you're watching your, your friend get killed with a chainsaw and even that chainsaw scene like you said there's not a lot of gore it's kind of cutting away certain things there's definitely things hidden like what 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 um leatherface will be sawing through there might be an object in front of it so you'd see his the, his body and his arm but you wouldn't see where he's actually cutting because right. there's something in front of it and yet I was still just like, this is this is brutal. Yeah. I can't sit through this. Like And then it goes to the next scene, which Franklin I mean, we're just gonna go through it quickly. Franklin meets his demise so unexpectedly and so quickly. Like if anyone's gonna survive, awesome. you think it's gonna be Franklin. Yeah. No, he's killed because he's an invalid that can't escape and this guy has a chainsaw and is chasing them. And this big giant fat guy can run like lightning. <laughs> okay, which brings me to the next scene where Sally is being chased through the woods, which I I will put my life on saying I think it's the scariest scene yeah. that's ever been filmed. Can you imagine ever that been dude, filmed? That dude chasing you. You know when you go to haunted, uh, yeah, uh, amusement things like during the um, October. The scariest part is when the chainsaw starts going because yeah. you're just like packed in and like just the noise of a chainsaw. Yeah. Like being cut, being cut with the chainsaw has to be the worst thing ever. But and you know what else is really disturbing about this movie? And maybe this movie will lose its appeal. In the future, when we're just so desensitized and things like this are just on TV 
at like 4 p.m. every day. Like SVU. Is I don't think it will because I thought I was desensitized and I, this movie still gets me. I don't know, man. Be, how in, like seeing Leatherface for the first time, well, in these early scenes, you almost want to see more because they're just such quick shots and you're just like, what is that? Right. Like, that's what is works. this guy? Like, you want to just examine him for a minute. Right. And be like, but could you imagine, <laughs> like, seeing it for the first time as a film person, as a film viewer, you're like, holy shit. That's yeah. fucking wild. Yeah. But now imagine you're in the woods and you're like, holy shit, that's wild. And he is running at me with a chainsaw. I don't think there there's a, a scarier scenario. No. There's a guy that I no. used to work with who is a pretty big badass, like like got into his fair share of scraps. So like I, I just consider him an all around badass. Yeah. And he once revealed to me that he has an undying fear because he works on a farm. Like when he hears chainsaws go off, you, you, like because he's out in the field all yeah. day, he's like, I, every time I hear one, like I get goosebumps and like just oh assume somebody's going to come after me. And like if you're in a, a town where you don't know anything. You don't know where anything is, and you're running through the woods being chased by a large man with a chainsaw. That has to be the scariest thing ever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and basically, every one of these kills to me is iconic. Yeah. I mean, grabbing the girl in the out the door. Leatherface making pig noises. Everyone Leatherface howling. Leatherface is the fucking scariest character. Let's just it, – that's what it is. <laughs> Leatherface is horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. His teeth, his tongue. Ugh. God, it's just shit nightmares. I mean, yeah, and he has three different masks. Yeah, and Toby. I mean, really, we should, I guess we should be talking about Toby. I know, I know. <laughs> just talk about the movie because it's so good. But uh, Toby didn't let him take off his mask and didn't let him change. Yes, and everybody said that he smelled terrible. <laughs> he couldn't change his clothes because they only had one set of clothes, and they were afraid if they sent it to a dry cleaner and they're filming in they, Texas, they would lose it <laughs> when it was a hundred degrees each day. He must have stunk so bad. Dude, I feel like I smell right now because I sweated like a Same. little bit like an hour ago. Same. Same. I, I do that every day. Yesterday, I was like, I stink. <laughs> I showered that morning. Wearing the same clothes in 100 degrees, filming all day, running around with a chainsaw. And you're like 300 pounds, <laughs> seven feet tall. Like you're just, oh my God. It's just out of control. And speaking of those clothes, the set design, this house is like the scariest thing. Yeah, it is. This yeah. is like the scariest. It's There's great. bones everywhere. and in the documentary, which are real bones, yeah. In the documentaries, they talk about this guy that made them, the set designer who also hates Toby Hooper. <laughs> Everyone hates Toby um, from this movie. Um, but the set designer, he like he, people said he would get so mad if like they touched his stuff. He'd be like, "Don't sit in that chair, like the big skeleton chair, and like things like that." Yeah, this, this dude meticulously designed everything. This is why Toby made the perfect movie because, in my opinion. He, you know, this was his first movie. He wasn't Hollywood yet. He didn't know any better. And he just used real things and whatever he could have to make things work. It was just his way. And it's perfect. Yeah. It's, it's bananas. Speaking of smelling bad, the the dinner scene, they left (laughs) rotten meat out on this table for fucking hours in the Texas sun. But why would they do that? I don't know. Why do Like, that? I want to give Toby credit. Like, it's going to build, like, the right atmosphere for the movie. And obviously it did. But there's no way he thought about These that. These people are tired and hot. 
and being underpaid. And he's like, yeah, let's t- make sure we torture them. And that fucking grandpa refused to do any other scenes other than that yeah. one day, which we talked about before on this podcast. Yeah, which is hilarious. It's so funny. It's the funniest. And he's then only he was 18, 18 years old. Years old. <laughs> Tell that kid to shut the fuck up or go find someone I know. else. You're in a mask. Like, I would have just been like, we'll replace you. Why did you need that guy? He literally stands. He just literally he sits there. I guarantee you could have found someone, offered him like a six pack, and be like, "You just have to be here for a couple just hours." Just put one of the dead kids in it. Why didn't they do that? <laughs> I don't. Why didn't they do any other actor? <laughs> Holy know. shit! <laughs> one of the six people you killed in the first thirteen minutes. Yeah. Anyone. <laughs> oh man! It's... Why couldn't it have been Toby? Because <laughs> Toby Christ. was like, "I'm not going near that dead meat table." <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Um, By the way, Grandpa fucking sucks at killing. <laughs> Watching Grandpa try to kill is brutal. In every Texas Chainsaw movie. <laughs> Why do they have to include that in every fucking movie? Just dropping a hammer on people's heads. In the second one, I was like, are they really bringing this back? It happens in the second <laughs> oh, one, too. I'm well aware. You know what? It's I literally actually... the same thing. They're like, hold it, Grandpa, hold it. In the first one, I always made fun of that. But now, like, thinking about it, imagine you were abducted. And instead of just being killed right away, you have oh. to have some guy just drop a hammer on your head and over and over again. Her screams. She's great. She, her screams are great. And this scene is truly terrifying to, like you said, like this guy's trying to kill you and yeah. just can't. And everyone's rooting him on. And Challing. it's like, Grandpa, kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Grandpa, smash her brains in. And you're just, oh my God. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah. And it's the guy that owns the gas station. So yeah. Oh yeah. So you already know. There's no help. There's no help. Yeah. 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 Um, that scene is, that scene is brutal. And funny enough, that is the scene everyone claims is the comedy scene. In it. You know, I can see it because the grandpa sucks at killing yeah. and everyone's weird. I mean, I guess that's kind of funny, but everyone, so John Landis claims this is a comedy and another critic, I forget his name, claimed it was a comedy. And then Toby Hooper claimed it was a comedy. And he said it's based on family relationships and like basically Christmas dinner with your family and how fucked up it is. And that even when you're a psycho family, you still have these f- fucked up dinners, which obviously, yes, of course, if you're murdering people, it's going to be fucked up. <laughs> uh, and he, they, they claim that they, they screened, I mean, they did screen it at um, South by Southwest. Yeah. Um, but they claim that the audience started cracking up during these scenes. I don't believe that. And I just, how could you? It's the most unsettling shit in the I world. I honestly don't believe that. Because I also read that people were... It would have to be like nervous laughter. like uh, <laughs> Right. I read that people walked out of uh, like trailers. Like when, when they were yeah. showing the trailer for it. Yeah. And other movies, people were leaving. Yeah. Which it's, I believe. It's horrifying. at that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking terrifying. I mean, this is definitely groundbreaking. And yeah. I mean, I, I don't think we even need to finish this movie. Um, like, I, I do just want to talk about... The hitchhiker, the hitchhiker's death is phenomenal. Yes, and when Leatherface cuts his own leg, <gasps> that was, I think, great direction by Toby because yeah. what he did was he put metal under um, Gunnar Hansen's leg, so under uh, you know under the pants, mm-hmm. and then put meat on top of that. So he actually, which is so dangerous to oh, think about, insanely dangerous. It's still a real chainsaw. Yeah, and he let it fall on his leg, so it cuts the meat, and that's what you see. Because that is insane. Yeah, that is good. That is like. Crazy good. That that scene is brutal. Every scene's brutal. Ugh, and then are. he dances with the chainsaw like a fucking maniac. And and there's there's so much more to this movie. I have so many more notes about it, but we uh, we have to move on. But yeah, there's just we've been talking for an hour. I know there's just a crazy amount of detail and 
they end up selling this movie to the mob, a mob-run dis- distribution company who ends up not paying them. Uh, they paid some of the actors in points, but it was gross points, not net points. So Gunnar Hansen's first check was $47 after it made over a million dollars. He gets $47 in, uh, in, in, what do they call that? Um, I can't think of the word right now. I think it begins with an R, but, um, I don't know. Anyway, in, in his fees, in, in these gross point fees. So he only gets $47. So everyone got fucked on pay. Um, but so did Toby Hooper. And that's that's part that a lot of people cl- complained. And in these documentaries, you see these actors and they're like, well, we were young, so we signed off on the points. So it's like kind of our fault. But yeah, it is. like they kind of took advantage of us. And I was like, you know, this is Toby Hooper's first movie. I don't think he was like, I know the ins and outs of movie finance. Obviously, he doesn't. He went way over budget. <laughs> and, you know, like, I don't think he was. I think he gets a bad rap for this movie. I do, too. Who directed The Exorcist? Uh, William Friedkin. Now, there's a guy that I can justify when people are like, I fucking hate that guy's guts. He dropped the room to zero degrees <laughs> and put me on a machine that broke my back. Yeah, Linda Blair still has back problems. Back problems yeah. Okay, totally understand that. That is totally reasonable. That man had been in Hollywood, and that was a gigantic budget movie where they could have probably done it the proper ways <laughs> without trying to murder their um, child actor. Yeah. But – this movie it's his first shot and it's low budget and you know that and you know like everyone's kind of at their first point here like i don't know it just seems odd that they they bash him as much as they do yeah especially since they were so young and it was their first movie too like you said and And especially because it could have been a breakthrough for all of you all of them it yeah it really could have been it was huge it was massive i i think i read that it made 30 million dollars oh wow i don't know if that was box office or if that's year to date right i can i i would imagine it's it has to have more than 30 that's what i think date. yeah Jeez. so that might have been because back then they would run movies you know it wasn't like three months like that was probably in drive-ins for oh, like yeah, two years I'm sure yeah maybe even longer some things i wanted to say about toby about this film is uh some things that i found interesting was the scene where <laughs> they feed grandpa you know he, they cut yeah marilyn burns's finger they couldn't afford more fake blood and they couldn't get the one that they had to like squirt out right so they just really cut they just told her they're just really gonna cut her with a with a knife are you serious yeah really cut her uh another thing is that her costume was so drenched because again they only had one costume for her it was so drenched with blood at the end that it could stand up on its own oh my god <laughs> and uh leatherface the the guy that he kills kirk <laughs> Gunnar Hansen brought the real a real running chainsaw, and they didn't take the blade off, which seems like that was the that. first thing you should probably do. But he, they kept the blade on, brought the running chainsaw to within three inches from his actual face. Yeah, the scene that was one of the clips I saw, and he was like, "Yeah, I was like splinters yeah. and sparks were yeah. hitting the side of my face," and he's like, "It was not okay." And when Grandpa's dropping the hammer, that's a real hammer. That's a real hammer that he's dropping. And they said that he was aiming for the floor, so he wasn't aiming for her head. But it's still clearly like nicking <laughs> her, off her head. Yeah, it's a real hammer, dude. Oh my god! And Toby claims everybody hated me by the end of the production. <laughs> <laughs> well, because because at the uh, the rap party, every cast member claims that they, they suffered some sort of injury. Oh really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
Well, that's Texas Chainsaw Massacre in a nutshell. We could probably go on for another like yeah. two or three hours. I, I'm nervous how we're going to go <laughs> to the next two. Um, I mean, I think we can – we don't have to go in-depth into these. They're both great. They're both very good. Very good. Yeah. Even the Live's not great. Even the Live's not great, but fine. it's good. Um, <laughs> it's fine. So Eaton Alive is next. It's his follow-up to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it feels like his follow-up to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, for anyone that's trying to find it, there's two Eaton Alives. This one's from 1976. Yes. and The other yeah. one's an Italian cannibal film. Yeah. And this is the story of a serial killer, I guess, murderer. Well, it's just uh, another psycho redneck. Psycho redneck. But this one has uh, lives on an alligator farm. Or yeah, uh, well, lives. It's not a farm. He owns an. <laughs> he owns an alligator. An alligator. A hotel. Yeah. And um, this is more based on a true story than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And this is based on Joe Ball, who was a serial killer who did feed his victims to an alligator. Yeah. Fucking nuts. That's might be one of the craziest. Although, did they ever prove it? Because I thought like they they couldn't find sufficient evidence that it was human flesh that they found. I don't know, but I mean, he definitely killed someone. The cops walked into his bar and he shot himself in the head. Immediately. <laughs> that is, that is they didn't true. even have like a conversation. It's usually a, a sign of guilt. Yeah, he <laughs> just saw a cop and then pulled out a shotgun and shot himself in the head. Like, <laughs> it's probably not great. Right. <laughs> Fair <There's>, point. <laughs> this this wouldn't make a great making a murderer uh on Netflix. This would just be like, yeah, no, that's that's guilty. That's an act of a guilty person. Yeah. Um, but very much shot just like Texas Chainsaw. Um, still colors. Yep. Um, these like, yeah, it was very much the same. Great. One noticeable difference for me is the acting in here seems way more forced. Than- it does, which is funny because he had bigger budget and uh, yeah, it's very and weird. it gets worse. It gets worse, it except gets for worse. Robert England, who is acting harder than anybody's ever acted. He's only on screen for like Listen, three total minutes. I've got my issues with Robert England. <laughs> I don't like him. Robert England's treating this like a Shakespearean play. Well, that's... I'm not going to get into it right now, but I am. Um, <laughs> that Nightmare on Elm Street documentary that's like six hours long because they literally go through every movie. Yeah. He's talking about some of these terrible Nightmare <laughs> movies, like the, those awful ones. Um, and they cut to like Wes Craven in this documentary, and he's like, I hated it. I'm so mad that they did this to my movie. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, and then they'll cut to the actors and they'll be like, yeah, it wasn't great. Like, we're not thrilled about it. And the studio exec, like, mm, yeah, not great. Then cuts to Robert England and he's like, Freddie here in this, in this movie. And he goes <laughs> into this diatribe about his method acting in it. Yeah. And he's like, so Freddie was feeling, thespian. Freddie was feeling very different in this movie. He, he had a different, <laughs> I'm like, dude. Which honestly, the fuck up? You, uh, you honestly, just scream bitch for yeah, an it, hour and a half. It's great that he views acting that way. Like that's how yeah. people should view acting. But when you're playing, when you're Robert England, you're in you know the Nightmare on Elm Street. You're an undead, burn victim, <laughs> pedophile, and you're also in the, born out of rape. You're also in the Paper Brigade, and you're in Eaten Alive. Yeah. So you should probably tone it down a little. bit. That's what I'm saying. Like, and he goes, he goes bananas over this. So anyway, but you can see it in Eaten Alive. Very much. He's very young, and he's and he's acting his balls yeah. off, like <laughs> which he insane. does not need to do. It's no. obnoxious. I'm book, and I'm raring to fuck. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. He picks oh, up prostitutes. Yeah, and uh, and tries to rape them. The prostitute pimp is uh Morticia. Yeah, the Adams family. Yep, 
Yes, I didn't know that. And actually, that's what Robert England said. It was awesome to work on that because it was just all these old time actors that he loved the, from like yeah. old TV series. Yeah. He was like, I, he was like, it was like my dream because he's like, I loved all those people. I'm sure. Yeah. Which is awesome. Um, that was like my favorite Robert England interview. I don't know why, but it's his most toned down thing. <laughs> he's probably embarrassed with that one, but we got to ask Paul. Paul saw Robert England talk at a con. I think he had the same sentiments as what you were saying. Yeah, it's just like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, stop it. <laughs> yeah. You think he's Lawrence Olivier? He really does. I remember him. Oh, my God. He's talking about the glove and the way Freddie walks. <laughs> and he's like, the glove was really heavy. I was like, Robert, you're a pussy. <laughs> Five knives attached to your fingers. He was Robert. like, it was so heavy, so I had to walk with a lip. <laughs> and he's like, so I put that into the character because that makes sense. Robert, your character played <laughs> fucking Nintendo with Brecken Meyer <laughs> as a playable character. Your character turned into pepperoni pizza. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Little Freddy heads everywhere. <laughs> Fucking disgusting. Oh my god. Uh, uh, but uh, eating alive. Toby Hooper's follow up. Yeah. Still, uh, still uh, in the vein, like in terms of how it was shot as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And one thing I didn't like was the acting, but one thing that I loved about this movie. Was the kills. Yeah. The kills were fantastic. There's a pitchfork kill oh. that is so good. They were all so good. I, the that, alligator kills were great. Honestly, I might have hated this movie. And the kills were so good that I actually like it. I'm with you. When I was, because when I started watching it, I was like, this is going to be fucking painful. Like, I could just tell because I knew there was a gator involved. And at the yeah. beginning, I'm like, I'm not into this. I'm not into this. I see the first kill and I was like, Show me more. The kills are what saves it. For yeah, me, it definitely. really is. Because uh, some of the characters, like the character of Roy, might be my least favorite character on film. Yeah, I fucking hate that guy. Now, here's the interesting thing: here, Toby Hooper walks off the set at the end of this movie, or before the movie even finishes production. Why? They're not really sure. Disputes with the producers. Okay, so. I hope it was over how big the guy's scythe was because it was the biggest fucking the thing biggest I've ever seen. Ever. Um, so the reason I just point that out is just because what happens to Toby Hooper in the next 10, 15 years is just really no one knows. And no one's really clear about what happens here other than producers are giving him notes and he doesn't like it. Which, by the way, if the producers were giving him notes on this, looks like it came out all right. I mean, it's not a bad movie. I mean, it wasn't going to be a classic. It just wasn't. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. But it's just interesting to think about that. Um, but he does get a big job after that. That doesn't ruin his credibility in no, Hollywood. No, he gets Poltergeist. He gets Salem's Lot. Right, right. And Salem's Lot is next. And, dude, the budget on Salem's Lot was enormous. $4 million. Oh, wow. Huge. For a TV miniseries. Yeah. That's a crazy number to put on for something in television. Um, it was two episodes. Started in November 17th, 1979. The second airing, November 24th, 1979. Um, CBS, I believe, was the original one. People loved this. Critically acclaimed. Yep. Stephen King was thrilled about it. He ate it up. Um because Stephen King was trying to get this made into a movie before, but the book uh, – first of all, it's one of my favorite Stephen King books. And yeah. Anyone that tried to produce it, they were cutting out way too much key stuff, and 
this is perfect as a miniseries. It was good. Yeah, it, it's long. It's three hours long, and s- eating it, di- <laughs> digesting it in one sitting is tough. It, it is harder than I remember uh, to sit through. I think. I think I somebody on our Facebook page. I wish I could give you credit, but I I don't have it up right now. I'm sorry. Um, I'll try to pull it up to give you credit. So somebody on our Facebook page though posted that he watched a version of it that was much shorter. And I, that's the one I remember because I remember renting it and it was, there's no way it was three hours. Cause that would be two VHSs and it only came, it was one VHS. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man, it's, it's really weird. I can't find out who wrote this. He's though. very, Toby, Toby stayed very true to the book. Very true. Uh, so I read a post that was talking about it and they were like, Oh yeah, there's a lot of changes in it. I just read this book and I was like, oh my God. Wait, somebody <laughs> said there's a lot of changes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, I read the book a while ago, but I don't think there's many changes. I read it recently at your recommendation and, dude, every he scene, leaves everything. Every scene, I was like, oh, yeah, this, this is that scene that is not really that necessary. I do not need to see this to yeah. progress it. I know they combined some characters in right. one. Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, you kind of have to when you have two day a, a two day miniseries. Yeah. Um, damn, I wish I could give you credit. I'm sorry, whoever wrote that um, that post about it, but thank you very much because it did reaffirm that I did not watch a three hour version of this originally, and it was three hours and it was really tough. But Let's defi- talk- definitely different than Texas Chainsaw. Shot differently, definitely not grainy, very pretty. Yeah, because you could tell it's by a, a major TV company. Yep. Yep. Um, so it was really nice to to sit through. However, there are scenes where you're like, oh, like I'm starting to see this Toby Hooper vision and it's great. It's really cool. And one of the scenes that actually sticks out to me is Fred Willard in his underwear. Yep. And crazy drunk guy comes home. Crazy drunk. He, Fred Willard is banging this guy's wife and the husband comes home, catches him, has a gun to Fred Willard's face. And Toby Hooper is like, the camera is like going down the barrel of the gun, like slowly towards Fred Willard, who looks like he's about to kill himself, like shit himself in fear. And I was like, oh, that is like, now I'm starting to see that like vision. Like that's, that's what he does. Yeah. These like slow zoom ins of like petrified faces. Yeah. <laughs> and it's chilling. It's really chilling. Um, the vampires were amazing. The vampires are some of the best looking vampires in, you know, vampire cinematic history. People need, here's my thing though. Do you think, I'm trying to think, I feel like Stephen King described the vampires in the book. I can't really remember. I mean, I'm sure he did because he's an author, (laughs) but (laughs) like, I feel like, I don't know how to explain what I'm about to say. This must've been his vision for the vampires of what they looked like. Right. You think that was, or uh, do you dude, think it was like Toby Hooper's direction, or that's a great point. Um, I don't know, I but I feel like this is what Stephen King wanted. It, regardless, he pulled it off amazingly. Yeah. They look so goddamn good. Yeah, so scary. And that scene when the boy comes to the window. Yeah, and fantastically shot. And what I love too is there's the main Nosferatu type vampire. Yep. But the people that they change into vampires are maybe more scary than the bald creature vampire. Like the people are 
horrifying looking. They've got those big yellow eyes. I think I'm colorblind, so um, I think they're yellow. And man, the yeah. boy floating <laughs> at the window is. It was good. It was, and I don't know if anyone could have done it as good as Toby. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm, I'm with you. Toby was definitely perfect for this for directing this. It's it's just really crazy to when you think. And Toby about talks it. about in an interview how it doesn't rely on the same dynamics as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and how he tried to make a, a spookier vibe uh, rather than gore blood in your right face. yeah I, I read that like it's more of a atmosphere like throughout the whole thing and that is pretty true yeah. um for as long as, like that's why i feel like if it was shorter it would be even better because or maybe he couldn't have pulled off the same atmosphere shorter because it's just like this tension building for two hours and yeah. then and then the big the big uh the big cells and stuff and toby's a big fan of uh hitchcock and he said he he, he Took a lot of influence from him making Salem's Lot. Yeah. By the way, Stephen, Stephen, Stephen C on our Facebook page is the guy that's. Oh, Stephen C. All right. So thank you, Stephen. Um, and this was this this is the biggest budget Toby Hooper will receive forever. This was bigger than Poltergeist, for real. Yeah. Wow. Um, and that whole Poltergeist fiasco is interesting to talk about. I, I'm actually excited to revisit it because I don't Have like Poltergeist. I don't like it. Uh, I mean, no, I shouldn't say that. I, I do I like it. I don't love it. I don't love it either, but it's it's kind of in the vein of like, um, you know, like Gremlins to me. And people just overblow it. People just talk about like how it's such a classic. And to me, it's not really a classic, but it's good. And it's a great, I remember seeing it on Saturday mornings constantly on like, you know, the local channels, the Saturday movies. And um it's a good kid movie. Like it's a good kid intro horror yeah, movie. Yeah, I got scare you. the shit out of you and you know, get you into horror movies, but it's not great. But the whole thing with Spielberg in this is just really bizarre. And where people claim people <laughs> he makes poltergeist, it's a hit. And people say that's the reason his career goes downhill. Because I think he was just a puppet for Spielberg, and people were not okay with that. I guess is that really a theory? Yeah, we should get we should save it for next week. Right. But um, to summarize it, uh, Spielberg was on ET. He wanted to make Poltergeist himself, but he was in either pre or post on ET. I forget. So he was available, but not a lot. And um, so they think Toby was. Re- they hired Toby because he was green. And he would just follow whatever Spielberg told him to do huh. and do his direction. And there's, we'll, we'll have to search for it before we do our episode, but there's apparently a documentary that aired on like 2020 or 60 minutes about the making of this. Toby Hooper's not in it at all. And Spielberg is on set. Really? The entire time huh. in this making of. And they're like, Steven Spielberg's movie. <laughs> like, and really? Toby Hooper's not in it at all. Yeah. Wow. It's a very strange situation, and uh, we'll get more into that next week. So, yeah, this is going to be pretty interesting. It's a it's an interesting career, which is why I thought it would be awesome to discuss all these. And hopefully it's interesting to you guys. I mean, I think these movies are so different that it's kind of like our normal show. We're just doing movies. It just happens to all be this one weird guy, Toby Hooper, that <laughs> just makes weird shit. So after the first three, what's the verdict on Toby? A genius? Fantastic. Like, a fucking genius? Like, 
think you you put these in a capsule and you're like, yeah, this guy made these in what? 74 to 79, five yeah, years. It's a five year span. Five year span. He makes three fucking hits. Yeah. Hits. I mean, Eaten Alive, wasn't, call Eaten Alive, Eaten Alive wasn't a hit, but Eaten Alive did well and people enjoyed it. Even Eaten at Alive that is time. perfectly enjoyable. It's yeah. the best way to sum it's it up. Fine. Yeah. It's fine. From the guy that makes Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you put that on the billboard. From the guy that makes Texas Chainsaw Massacre is Eaten Alive. Yeah. The people that are going to go see that are going to be like, that was pretty good. Yeah. Not terrible. No. Yeah. It's good. Um, but yeah, so that's it, man. Um, Toby Hooper, I love him so far. So far, yeah. <laughs> so far, we've got we have yet to hit a bumpy road, and it, that bumpy road is coming it's up. It's gonna next fucking week. break your back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. I'm really excited to do these guys. I hope you guys love it. Uh, send us your feedback. Let us know about Texas Chainsaw, what you love about Toby, uh, his movies, all these movies that we have coming up on tap hopefully we can like actually do something with our social media accounts instead of me just like posting once a week and <laughs> being a real fucking slacker we try guys we have fucking jobs <laughs> but i love you all so much i want to participate I, more i get the alerts and i'm like oh yeah i've got like four things i want to say to this and then i'm like thanks <laughs> thanks sean <laughs> and it's just because it's like midnight and i just want to go to bed yeah. Because I have shitty work in the morning. It's, dude, I wish I could spend full time on this. I know. But, uh, also, I hate my job. If my boss is listening. Yeah. Same. Same. <laughs> fuck you. If you're listening, yeah. go fuck yourself. I hope. Imagine if next week we're like, Get guys, the, the show's office. canceled. We're both fired. <laughs> we have no money to do the show anymore. It turns out uh, people listen to us. <laughs> fuck. Oh, man. So that's it, guys. Thank you so much. Everyone, thank you for the reviews this last week on iTunes. We got like three or four reviews in. We got a nice email. The comments we get. Oh yeah, that email. That what the fuck? It's so nice. They are the hear. nicest yeah. things. You guys the, are awesome. The fact that you say that we we know what we're talking about <laughs> makes me laugh so hard every time. It really appreciate it. But man, <clears throat> sometimes I wrap these episodes and I'm like, what did I just fucking say? I'm. I don't know. Like, we must just have this knowledge that um, I, I guess this is what happens when you sit in your room and watch like four horror movies in a row. Like, <laughs> Every instead day. of going partying, like, you know what I mean? Like, before the podcast, like, oh, it's Saturday night. Yeah, I think I'm going to watch these three really shitty movies and be pissed about it <laughs> tomorrow morning. Uh, I guess that's what I get you. But thank you all so much. The comments meant a lot. Uh, we really appreciate it. So if, if you did leave us a comment, send me an email. Oh, my email. <laughs> the email's broken. I, bro- I broke the website email. So yeah. Don't know how I did it. But send it to, I have a new one. Um, I hate horror show at gmail.com. It's easy enough, right? Yeah. So I hate horror show. Or just send it to our social media accounts because um, I handle all of those. Um, and Joe's on them too. But I have access to all of them. So just send it wherever and let us know you left us a review and your name and uh, I'll get back to you and you can send us your address. We'll get those stickers out to you in a timely fashion. Um, so do that. Thank you guys. Um, tell your friends and do whatever you want to do there just to spread the word. It really helps out a lot. Um, thanks to Harley Poe for allowing us to use the song, uh, Pagan, <laughs> song Gorehound off the album Pagan Holiday. You can find them at harleypoe.com or facebook.com slash harleypoe. But they are no longer a band, so I don't know how long those will be up for. So, <laughs> sorry, Harley Poe. <laughs> song is fucking good though. 
Great song. Great theme song. Um, and he's got a lot of good songs, actually. Um, and then that's really it. Do we have anything else? Oh, Facebook.com slash I Hate Horror. Uh, I'm on Twitter at I Hate Horror Show. I'm at Joe V421. And we're on Instagram at I Hate Horror Show. Also, I changed the name on it to match my Twitter name because I figured that would make there more sense, right? Yeah. Um, and that's it, guys. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. And remember, next week, part two, Toby enters the 80s. I will title it The Toby Excess. Yeah. Rest in peace, David Bowie and Alan Rickman. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace. I had to give, I had to give some Rest in peace, Gunnar Hansen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was wild. All of them. Marilyn Burns. She, she's dead too? Yeah. Well, this just took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, guys. Thank you all for listening. Uh, for Joe, this is Sean. Stay weird. Thank you. Adios. Next week on Serial Killer, Toby Hooper enters the 80s in a big way. And just as soon as his career appears to be skyrocketing, the Toby Hooper bandwagon loses steam before even making it into the 90s. The movies being discussed next week will be The Fun House, Poltergeist, Invaders from Mars, and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. So Alan Rickman died, right? And mm-hmm. Die Hard is one of the greatest movies. Yes. And it just reminded me of this anecdote that I wanted to share. But first, I'm going to ask you, since you have a son, I have no kids. Oh, how yeah. do you feel about letting kids watch violence as opposed to watching sex or nudity? I think they're both not okay, depending on the age. So say uh, say he was fifth grade, 10, yeah. 11. Okay. What would you have a bigger problem with? <sighs> I mean, I guess the nudity. See, okay. Because <laughs> I was thinking about it, because I was thinking about how much I yeah. love Die Hard. And there's a scene. So I begged my parents in fifth grade to let me watch Die Hard, right? Because <laughs> Paul, Paul spoiled the entire movie for me. I knew, I knew how Die Hard ended because he told me on the beach. <laughs> like uh, the entire movie. But, but I was like, I have to see this. Like he told me just by the ending, I was like, I have to see this movie. Yeah. So I begged my parents and they're like, all right, fine. We'll let you watch this. There's a scene in the beginning, which I don't even know if people know about, but you see a woman's boobs for maybe 0.3 seconds. Okay. Like, like in the hotel, when the hotel's first being just yes. shot up, they open a door and there's a girl that's topless, yeah. but like you barely see it. So my mom screened this movie before she let me watch it in fifth grade. And she sat there with me. And during that scene, she like jumped out of her seat and just fast forwarded oh, like really? the three seconds and then just continued to go. And it just always struck me as odd that she was totally okay with me watching all these people yeah. just get shot and killed and murdered for no reason. Mm-hmm. And I probably wouldn't have even realized that there was boobs in that scene yeah. if she hadn't jumped up and fast forwarded. In that situation, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> in that situation, I don't care. Um, like Caligula, like well, you, no, you fucked with the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not okay with that. Uh, I mean, even just like the hardcore sex scenes, which you don't see a lot in, especially anymore. But like, there's some pretty, there's some pretty uh, graphic sex stuff. But violence is just as bad. Like, I realize that now. I, I feel like we're entering a period where we're like, oh yeah, that's like, like my son is net as a boy. He's three. Monday, happy birthday. Happy um, birthday. As a, he's naturally violent because he's a boy. Like, I'm a huge wrestling fan. He doesn't watch wrestling. Yet, he wants, he fucking locks me up in these holds and he's all over me and he hits me and strikes me. 
And I mean, in a playful way, it's only when we play. So don't think I'm like raising this monster. <laughs> um, it's just him. Like he wants to fight. He wants to play fight because it's probably instinctual. But like, if you compound that with a movie where they're like, let's fucking kill somebody. Like it's not good. Right. It's not a good combo. Right. And it's really bad. I don't know. I just was curious because I was always allowed to watch super uber violent so things. so was I. Like Rambo. Like, I, I, well, my dad showed me New Jack City. Or every horror movie that we've talked about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on this show. I know. And they're all they're all bad. But at the same time, it just depends on the age, too. Like, and how dumb your kid is. Like, no offense. <laughs> but if you know your kid's kind of like a... If you know your kid's a box of rocks, you know what? Maybe you hold off on the violence for just a hair longer. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if your kid gets it and, like, has empathy for other kids already and, like, says sorry and stuff, yeah, you can probably show it to him because he probably gets it. Right. You know, if your kid's just, like, imitates literally everything you show him, do do not show him (laughs) anything violent. Um, But the nudity, too, is just as bad because in certain things like in that situation it's fine because you're about to see somebody's head get blown I still off. don't think I would know there was boobs in that scene if my mom didn't jump up yeah. and fast forward there's just some nudity where it's just like you know it just opens the door for like who the fuck knows what you know yeah well, especially now in the google age where it's like wow those were cool that gave me a weird reaction I'm gonna google boobs now yeah. for 37 hours to be fair they're gonna do that regardless I know I'm terrified I'm absolutely terrified. All right. Well, that was it.